as soon as your liver stops processing the alcohol, like it's out, that six meals or however much you've had, bang, just gets processed all at once. So I've seen people who've done that and then not had any drugs or GHB for like six, seven hours and they're just chilling and then all of a sudden, bang, they're flopping over, they're falling over. Hello, hello, is this thing on? Uh, Anyways, hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Your Mate Tom Podcast. And just before we get into it, because I know you, a lot of you guys complain that my intros are way too long. And like, I, I get it. Maybe they are too long and, you know, it's something that I'm working on. But if you can bring yourself to like go out of your way and type a comment to complain about someone's intro, then you could use that same hand, put it on your mouth, move the cursor along and go skip across. <laughs> Fucking mind blowing. <laughs> uh, okay, no, I'm just being a dick now, but... I was going to be a bigger dick and make this whole video like a one hour long intro because it would just be funny. But anyways, if you do enjoy this podcast and want to support the show, then I invite you guys to check out Patreon. Even if you want to donate as little as like a dollar or two a month, it will give opportunity for me to actually go out of my way and travel and meet with people that you want me to collaborate with. And will also support uh, the more higher production quality videos. Um, but... Apart from that, you actually get some pretty cool perks like uh, a monthly Q&A Patreon video. We also got a private Discord server. So if you want to hang out with the community and with myself, then check it out. And like another way to support the show is by getting some merch. So feel free to check out our merch. So I'm sure there's some designs that you would like. Apart from that, we don't, yeah, we don't really have any sponsors at the moment. So that's it, you know, just check out the links in the show notes below and choose whatever way you want to support the show. Oh no, it's whatever, it's just an invitation. Relax, guys. <laughs> uh, anyways, to so my next guest, Ryan Hassan. Uh, I've actually had this guy on before, over two years ago now, on this channel, on my unofficial podcast. And it was actually one of my very favorite conversations that I've had, because Ryan is such a, he's such a knowledgeable dude who has a lot of wisdom and experience, especially when it comes to drug addiction and overcoming mental health issues. And just, man, trust me guys, if you enjoy my videos and what I talk about, then you're gonna love this conversation. There's a lot of gold nuggets of wisdom. In this podcast, me and Ryan talked about his GHB and crystal meth addiction, mental health, we talked about practical ways of dealing with emotions, spiritual bypassing, existentialism, and all the good stuff that you guys probably follow me for, at least some of you. So again, I really invite you guys to watch this podcast until the end. I'm sure you're going to extract some value and if not, at least some entertainment. So yeah, enjoy. Peace out. Oh, and before I forget, just letting you guys know that the mics used in this podcast was not mine. It was actually Ryan. So if you do notice an increase in audio quality, this would be why. So please don't expect the audio to be this good the next podcast. I'm sorry. I, I can't afford that good of a mic quite yet. I'm working on it. If you guys feel generous and want to donate a good mic, then send me an email. Feel free. But apart from that, yeah, that's it. Welcome to another episode of the Your Mate Tom podcast. I've actually had Ryan on before, which is a funny story, when it was like, it was like kind of like an unofficial podcast. So I don't want to like repeat everything that we went down, but yeah. just for those listening at home who haven't heard of you, maybe give like a, and I hate asking this question, but kind of in a nutshell, what is your story with creating this yeah. Uh, Melbourne Center of Healing and the rundown version. Yeah, easy, yeah, easy. pretty much. I, I looked up like literally just before you came in. I'm like, fuck, how long ago was that? It was like nearly two years. It was uh, June 2016. Because you started it like just after. 
No, like not even that long ago before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, we started in start of March or end of Feb. So it was only yeah. a couple of months into it that we spoke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. And then you've upgraded the whole place. It looks like... I've had some work done. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I run a business called the Melbourne Center of Healing. We are uh, an all natural outpatient clinic for addictions and mental health. I used to be a tradesman, funnily enough. So why does a tradesman <laughs> decide to be run a bloody mental health and addiction clinic? It's because yeah. I went through my own addiction. Um, you know, I was pretty deep into an ice and GHB addiction a couple yeah. of years ago now or a few years ago now where, you know, I was using every day. I was dealing to support my habit. Um, I was overdosing on GHB multiple times so, a week. So did you use GHB with meth? Yeah, yeah. All oh, the time? Absolutely, yeah? absolutely. And the way he's like, of course, mate, no other way. Yeah, well, yeah. no, well, it's it's because you've got one's obviously an extreme stimulant, yeah. uh, one's a depressant, yeah. um, and it's kind of weird. Like, the, a lot of the, the bad things about taking a lot of meth or ice yeah. is the, the paranoia, um, the anxiety, all that <clears> kind of jazz. So the GHB, like levels it out in a weird way but okay. um, it's, 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 it's not a great yeah. cocktail at all honestly <laughs> um but yeah I, it's i'd say i was probably more addicted to ghb than i was meth really because you know, if why do you say that because when when we, you would get low on the drug so if i st we started getting low on ice or meth then i'll be like oh yeah we'll have to get some more and that kind of thing but i wouldn't worry mm. if i was down to like my last five or six mils which is like you know three or two or three doses of GHB, yeah. I'd start freaking out. And Whoa. I'm like, fuck, we, what am I doing? I've got to get more and I'll be messaging and I would start to panic. So that's that's why I believe I was more addicted to the GHB. And it's very potent, isn't it, GHB? It's super dangerous. There's not enough about it, not enough information out there uh, in Melbourne or anywhere yeah. in Australia, but it's actually more of an issue than Melbourne than in the other states. You know, so like, I, like I'm a bit ignorant on GHB. Like, what exactly? Sweet. Is so it? yeah, yeah. So the, it's called GHB because the chemical name for it's gamma hydroxyburate. Yeah. Um, it is a depressant. It works. It's processed by the liver, so it works similar to alcohol. This is why. There's two reasons why it's so dangerous. Okay. Number one, it's such a small dose, so you it's normally around two mils. So two milliliters Whoa. you have in like a uh, a syringe, not a needle syringe, but one yeah. you squirt into your mouth. It tastes like what I imagine battery acid would taste like. <laughs> like it's fucking horrible. Yeah. You have to wash it down with something. So, you know, you can go from an effective dose at two mils. If you were for three, three and a half mils, you can be overdosing. What? Okay. So, really? so if people aren't measuring correctly yeah. or they have, because uh, normally it takes about two hours for your liver to process it and be out of your system. So if, you know, you have it after an hour, then you can still blow out it's called when you overdose so it's a, such a fine margin for error is why it gets so right. dangerous yeah and, and what well, like why do people use it what is the feeling that it gives you that no other drug yeah it's kind of like um a cross between maybe being drunk and mdma okay it's it's yeah. a really loose feeling yeah? yeah like every inhibition comes down you do not give a fuck um about <laughs> anything um it's quite messy if you see someone on it and they're quite loose. You're like, holy yeah. shit, that's not good. But it obviously feels good to that person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because obviously yeah. all of that anxiety, even the depression, all this stuff that goes on in our mind just sort of can melt away because your body's literally slowing down. So it's not, uh, okay. not good. That's why you can run into problems because your heart can actually slow down too much. So the wow. dose is very critical, but also taking it with alcohol, yeah? And this is what people don't know about, which is crazy because this is how so many... I crashed my car on the freeway because I overdosed on this stuff. Because what happens... Holy shit. If you take alcohol and someone's like, yeah, let's fucking do some juice, some GHB, right? 
because it's processed by the liver as well as alcohol, and alcohol sort of takes preference by the liver of, of uh, processing it. So yeah. if I've got alcohol in my system that my liver's dealing with and then I take GHB, I won't feel it because my liver's already processing the alcohol and the GHB will just sit there. So people uh, are like, oh, I had some GHB, I don't feel anything. Let me have some more. Bang, they have some more. I still don't feel shit. Oh, I'll try one more. Bang. As soon as your liver stops processing the alcohol, like it's out, that six meals or however much you've had, bang, just gets processed all at, all once. at once. So I've seen people Jeez. who've done that and then not had any drugs or GHB for like six, seven hours and they're just chill and then all of a sudden, bang, they're flopping over, they're falling Whoa. over. And I'm like, yeah, you can you can see it. It can kind of happen with um, like snorting cocaine or something like that. Like you snort, but it's not quite... I know it gets like blocked in your nose and then you just have that one line and then boom, <laughs> it all hits yeah. you. Yeah, yeah so crazy. it's um, yeah, it's a, it's a super dangerous drug and there's really not enough out there in regards to kind of harm minimization. And that one of the things I had to do, because uh, like I got arrested a couple of times and I was on a corrections order. What did you get arrested for? Trafficking, uh, possession, commercial trafficking, uh, theft of a motor vehicle, um, proceeds of crime. This is when I tell people it's actually pretty hard to get locked up in jail. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a lot of that stuff dropped. I still got my actual convictions, trafficking and possession. But the thing is, if I had get arrested today with the amount I had back then, because they have changed the laws around GHB a lot. Like more strict? Yes, yeah, so yeah, I would, okay. I would 100% be in jail. Oh, right really? Because, you know, I okay. got... I got um, picked up with about two liters on me, and I think now I was speaking to someone recently. I think, uh, yeah, I think That's like heaps, right? I think well, <laughs> well, I think a hundred mil or more is now a commercial quantity. Yeah. Whoa. So back then it was two liters, so there, I was like on the cusp, and that sort of helped. But yeah, if I if it was those laws now back then, like I'd hundred percent be locked up. Damn. So yeah, so what's well, good that you're not and you're here? It, I, I'm, I'm happy that yeah. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I'm yeah. too pretty for jail. <laughs> I did I say I spent, the same. I spent, I spent two nights in there in remand. Uh, one of the times I got arrested before I got bailed and that, that was enough for me. Yeah. That was enough for me. Did so. you see some like creepy, scary dudes? Or <sighs> was it just the whole vibe? Just just the whole vibe. I mean, the way you're treated in there. One of the days when we were waiting for like bail hearing, you just kept in the one cell which is all concrete it's tiny there's six other dudes in there all waiting you haven't got any food there's nowhere comfortable to sit there's a toilet in the corner and you know yeah one guy was in there telling us how he'd uh, stabbed someone in the temple with a pair of scissors and then <laughs> and then what happened they come in and they finally gave us this these meals <laughs> and they pass them through the little uh <laughs> the latch in the door and there's six of us, yes, six or seven. Anyway, say there was six of us in there. They pass through five and everyone's got one except the scissors dude. And he's like, where the fuck is my meal? And I'm like, dude, have mine, have mine. Oh, I'm shit, wait. Don't stab me in the temple, please. <laughs> <laughs> just, just after he told that story too, I'm like, dude, have mine. I'll wait, I'll wait. I'm good, I'm good. That's pretty crazy. Um, Stabbing someone in the temple yeah. with scissors. Okay. Yeah, interesting. So yeah. Um, that, that was an experience, you know, after... I'd been through all that kind of stuff. The worst period for me was about six months where I shut out my friends, my family, everyone close to me because so much guilt and shame in my that, system. That was after that? Experience. No, no, this was during that. So okay, okay, right. During that. So after I um, had been arrested the second time, I realised this life isn't sustainable. I need to get help. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. end up in jail or dead. Like when you go deep into that scene, it's that's sort of what you got to do. you got to try and sort your shit out or you're going to end up in jail or dead. Yeah, and seeing the underworld is uh, it's not pretty, is it? Yeah, yeah. look, it's, <laughs> it's not... It's not, there's, everyone's in pain. 
yeah? Mm. Every, everyone 100%. is in pain and trying to deal with that pain the best they can, mm. yeah? And it's weird because a lot of people will hurt each other. It's not nice. But at the same time, there's this weird community about it where you know that you're all in pain. You're trying to find some sort of joy in life mm. when deep down you know that we're all fucked at the minute, like we're not in a good place. So it, it can be weirdly supportive um, right. in some way. Like, let's just enjoy this ride together you know pretty much it's like yeah. let's just try and do the best we can right now i'm not going to look at the future at all but you know we can try and bandy together and yeah you know help each other out to one extent but because we're in pain that helping out can turn to backstabbing someone very very fast so it's an it's an interesting kind of world i called it i did a video when i called friendships in hell and because when i first went to that scene i would watch what was happening and i'm like i ended up doing exactly the same shit but yeah, <laughs> i yeah. would watch it and go this is so weird like that have these friendship groups of all these people in a certain area who would all use together and all addicts and that kind of thing and yeah. you could be best friends with someone and then they would hurt each other they'd steal money they'd do something and be worst enemies and they'd like rotate a group yeah and they'd Whoa. keep doing that to each other and then they'd end up back together and I'd just go didn't you fucking hate that person five weeks ago? Like, yeah, yeah, but we're cool now. <laughs> it's because we'd rather go back to these friendship groups that are fake to a certain extent rather than be alone because that's right. like the greatest like fear at all. Misery loves company kind of thing. Absolutely, because, yeah. I mean, we're trying to escape from reality is what we're trying to do. Yeah. And it's better to have yeah. other people around than try and do that ourselves because yeah. that's isolation's a big factor in addiction. So... You know, yeah, that, loneliness is definitely a big one. Absolutely. Yeah. So I end up, I was lucky enough that when I wanted to get help, I had the support. Like even my close friends who I'd shut out, my mum and dad who I'd shut out for, for so long, they were ready to support me and help me. Um, so, you know, I tried a home-based detox with a counsellor and psychologist and all that kind of jazz. That didn't... What, what did you do for this, for this detox? Basically, you got public and private rehab, right? Yeah. So you got okay. like, say, private rehab, which costs like <coughs> 30, 40 grand. I didn't have that money. I didn't want to put that on mum and dad. Mm. Public rehab system was about a six-month waiting list at the time. And right. it's still about that at the minute. And I'm like, I ain't got six months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, So yeah. I was Googling and a home-based detox is through a government company. So you get like a, a care and recovery worker, a nurse, yeah. uh, doctor and that kind of thing. But you do it from home. Okay. which I was fine. You know, I was clean for 12 days. I knew I could get clean. That's not the issue. People are like, oh, as long as people can get clean, it'll, they'll be fine. No, 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 because you're not addressing the reasons why they're using in the first place. Right. So is, I, it, is this why people relapse? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Of course. It's not the getting off it. It's the staying off it. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I was clean for 12 days, but didn't address any of the deep reasons why. Um, so then I relapsed for a week and that week ended up being the most important of my life. I connected with an old acquaintance, Melissa, who's now um, my partner and business partner in this business. Um, I went into her office, not knowing what she did as a therapist. She had no mm. idea I was a drug addict. I walked in like, I'd known her from a couple of years before. So I walked into her office like 15 kilos lighter than when she'd seen me last. She admitted to being, Jesus Christ, what happened to, yeah. what happened to this guy? No shit, huh? um, yeah. I laid everything out what had happened and you know, I spent three hours in her office. I walked in an addict. I walked out knowing I never need to use drugs again. And we spoke about drugs for like two minutes. The Just rest, like that, the huh? rest of it was addressing the traumas throughout my life, addressing the suppressed emotions, the things that I hadn't processed and dealt with, yeah. stuff from childhood. Also, my marriage breakup. My marriage breakup in 2014 was like the catalyst for me to go from heavy recreational use to just full-blown addict kind yeah. of thing. So there was, a, there was a lot around that. There was a lot around. We had we mentioned this before we turned that the podcast on about that being positive, positive, positive. So that was kind of my go-to because I, I never wanted to let anyone see me be vulnerable. Right. So, so 
externally you'd meet me and go, oh, this guy's great. He's got his shit yeah. together. But I had all this baggage yeah. underneath that I, that I kept pushing it yeah. away. Yeah, it's forced positivity. Everyone's yeah. like, geez, yeah. man, you must be like crushed after your marriage breakup. Like you guys were in love and all this kind of stuff. You had a house together. I'm like, no, I'm sweet. I'm over it. Yeah, it hurt, but I'm all good. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a week after. Like, I'm not good <laughs> very, <laughs> at all. Very Aussie attitude. Yeah, she'll be right, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it wasn't. <laughs> nah. It wasn't. So yeah, I, I addressed a lot of these baggage that I had, these suppressed emotions and um the, the person that I was trying to escape from pretty much my whole life from using drugs or alcohol or other stuff, I didn't want to escape from anymore. Right. That was the moment. Mm. That was the moment where I realised drugs were no longer needed because this whole mission or quest or journey to just do anything to not be with me, I'm like, hang on, I'm okay. Yeah, I yeah, accept yeah. myself. I love myself for who I am. And what was it specifically? What, like, the, was there any uh, particular emotions that you were holding on to? Yeah, a lot. A lot of me were most of them. <laughs> uh, fear, yeah. anger, guilt. Yeah, f- yeah. Fear and guilt were two of my main ones throughout my life. I always had anxiety a lot, and yeah. after doing this a lot of work on myself, I it sort of had that realization that shit, I've had anxiety my whole life. Yeah. I just sort of <laughs> hadn't labeled it as that and wasn't sure that that's what I was going through. I thought mm. that it was a normal thing. Um, anger was a big one too because I never, and I'm still learning this, how to actually express anger properly. Yeah, because I'd shut down my anger at a, at a very young age, so I would never allow myself to get angry. I kind of didn't know how. It sounds strange, mm. but I didn't know how. So even throughout my marriage breakup, when I was very i was rightly should have been angry yeah but i never got angry about it okay mm. so because i never i never expressed it or let it go i just i just right. pushed it underneath and i'm just holding it on my on my being you, you know, know that so cathartic release correct wait what, what's your thought on anger by the way like because there's a way of releasing it and using an outlet which is good but then there's other ways where you're just exacerbating it but sometimes it's better just to meditate like what's your so i'm a bit confused on this well there's yeah well there's the actual physical energy or the uh, the emotion of anger. So mm. anger, the, the healthy use or the reason why we have anger is to set boundaries. Right. You know, so if someone's encroaching on me or, you know, is stepping into me and, and having a go at me or someone's saying something to my partner, right. anger is there for me to stand up and go, oi, yeah. fuck off. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay? That, stand that, your that's ground. That's kind yeah. of the thing, right? So that, that's a healthy expression of it and we're allowed to do that. I think you need to dissolve the energy of the anger. So there's this is what ducks do, right? This is what <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm yeah, gonna say yeah. about the whole shaking thing. So they'll yeah. they'll ducks so will come cool. in, and whether it's a territory thing or they're two male ducks and ones having a go at the ducks misses or something. I don't know what happens, but they start fighting on the pond, and they're just pecking, they're going crazy, yeah. and all this energy's built up. And as they swim off, they'll both just shake, like they flap their wings, they shake, it's like they're getting the energy out, and then yeah. they stop, and they're calm as they swim past each other. I'm right. all good, right? We, so we hold on to that shit. Correct. Like so, yeah. some of us hold grudges for years, man. Yeah. Because this one person said this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've done it. And me, me too. And for I've had sure. those, like you know, those uh, imaginary hypothetical arguments you have in your head. Well, and if he yeah. said this, I'll fucking say that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll fucking show that. Right. <laughs> Welcome to my brain. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. And I've got, I still do it. I got to catch myself. I'm like, dude, you're having a fucking yeah, like, yeah. made up conversation <laughs> in your head again. Like, right? do you know how insane you sound right now? Yeah. yeah. And then I'll yeah. end up contacting that person who I had the imaginary thing with and they're like, hey, and they're fine. They're sweet. Like, hey, man, sorry about the other day. Oh, they're fine. But in my head, I'm like, they're making this plan to get me and they're going to do all this. <laughs> I'm just concocting this yeah. awesome statement just to fucking, yeah. But it's just us concocting that ourselves. So <laughs> yeah. like, it's it's important to dissolve the energy. I mean, it's also important to find out where it's coming from as well. Mm. Yeah, because like anytime, if it's not that our boundaries being encroached actually, which is like, it's like the fear thing. Like you got 
rational and irrational fear. So rational fear is like, I'm crossing the road out here and I've got my headphones in and all of a sudden the car beeps, it's about to run me down. And my right. amygdala goes, fuck, because I haven't got time to think. <laughs> my amygdala needs to tell my body to run yeah, yeah. and I can get out of the way. That's fear, right? That's like 0.01 of the fear we experience in life. The rest of it's all made up shit that's constructed in our mind. Yeah, you know? unfortunately. Yeah. So a lot of it's with the anger trying to, ask where that's coming from yeah because like when we get emotional reactions we think that it's us today that's having the reaction but it's a younger version of us that held on to that right. emotion that's being triggered right so it's a would you say it's a part of ourselves that we haven't fully embodied yet correct right. yeah a part okay. of us that a trauma that's a fragmented part of us when we're younger that isn't whole again you know it's like uh so if we both drive through where i'm now Cheltenham, say we drive through Morabin. Right. Okay. And you love Moorabbin. You're like, fuck, Moorabbin's <laughs> sick, right? But I've got an ex-girlfriend in Moorabbin who fucked me over. I don't really, but I'm making this up. Okay. But, but I've got this ex-girlfriend in Moorabbin and she yeah. fucked me over. And my association is Moorabbin. And I get real fucking angry when we drive through Moorabbin. Mm. It's not Moorabbin's fault. Right. <laughs> okay? it's, it's just a trigger. It's right. right. It's right. So that <clears> part <throat> of me that got hurt by my ex, that's the one who's getting triggered. Not me today with you driving through Moorabbin. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah I get So it. it's important yeah. to when the emotion comes up, try and ask it, hang on, where's this really coming from? Right. Yeah. So I tend to try yeah. and ask that before I then diffuse the energy of the emotion. Okay. okay. So you just ask yourself mentally and then you just kind of freeze. I tune in, that, tune into the feeling. Yeah. So if I've got anger and I'm feeling it maybe in my arms or something, that's because right. it's a very physical sensation, yeah? Yeah. Thoughts, yeah, language definitely. of the mind, emotions, language of the body. Right. It's that feedback mechanism. So I locate the anger and just tune in and look, what's really going on here, mate? What's really going on? Because I know mm. it's not the external thing. Right. So what happens, we normally, we don't ask that question because we just react to the world. So I'm like, fuck you, Moorabbin, I hate you, right? <laughs> it's not Moorabbin's fault. <laughs> so if I take it off Moorabbin and point the finger back on me, I can go, come on, mate, what's really going on here? And generally you'll get an answer. It mightn't be the deep answer that you want. You might be a bit surface level, but you'll get some sort of deeper Ste a answer. Stone, yeah. Exactly, yeah. a stepping stone that you know what to work <clears> on. You know, And if I get that answer like, oh, your ex lived around the corner here, there was that time, blah, blah, blah. So mm. now I know that I haven't actually moved on from that event because I'm still emotionally charged by it. Yeah. So if I, if I, if there's an event in your life and uh, you think back to it, whatever the event is, and you start thinking about it, you take yourself back there and after 10, 20, 30 seconds, an old emotion comes up, whether it's guilt, sadness, whatever it mm. is, means you still haven't moved on from it. You're still carrying it around as baggage. Mm, okay. okay. So yeah. then I can get that answer and then I can <clears throat> go into my body and actually, so that you can dissolve anger in a few ways. You can punch a punching bag and that kind of thing if you yeah. want. And that's what I was going to say. Like, does punching a punching bag actually release the anger or is it just exacerbating it? You know what I mean? Uh, I know. Or, or maybe it depends on the level of anger. I think sometimes it's better to punch a punching bag than to punch a wall or some, somebody else. But Yeah, of course, of course. Know. But that's if you're doing that without trying to ask the question of where it comes from then you're just stuck in the anger and it might diffuse it might not diffuse right but you're still if i diffuse the anger after i've got the learning then i can go back and know what i have to work on and whether i work on that through meditation or i'm seeing a therapist or i'm doing something i know that i have to work on it so okay. you're, you're taking yeah. ownership for right. what it is instead yeah. of just saying just the world is making me angry yeah, like yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. not you know yeah um so then you can i just process an emotion by going into my body yeah, yeah, so if I'm feeling the anger or say it's sadness in the heart, I'll actually just focus to get out of the head. If 
focusing all the energy on that area and I'll just breathe and start to turn it up. I'll try and make it more and more intense. Yeah, because what happens, our natural mm. reaction is when a negative emotion comes up, we're just like, oh, I'm oh. going over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me go yeah. and work or I'll have yeah. a drink or TV, I'll do something. drugs, porn, whatever. Just yeah. a distraction. Yeah. So I'll try and do the opposite and go into it and feel the sadness. And if I need to cry, I fucking cry. Yeah, yeah. You know, and not, not distract myself from it. So like mindfulness and really being aware of the sensations yeah it's yeah. it's emotional awareness Cause, yeah because a lot of people don't realize that awareness can be curative in and of itself yeah it's Plus, like yeah. it can be can yeah, be it yeah. can be it, With at the very least it's a first step yeah 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 because if i if i got an awareness that can be curative and it can yeah. alleviate things but then if you're still got stuff at least you can go from that awareness and go oh okay, I'm still triggered by my ex in Marabin, but maybe now I can work on this. Whereas right. if you don't have the awareness, you don't know what to do. Yeah. What do I work on? Yeah, I yeah, yeah. awareness around it. Don't have a roadmap. I'm just angry yeah. and I don't understand why. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, because um, with anger, I know there's a lot of people, let's say in New Age movement, for example, that think that you shouldn't be angry or it's a, it's a negative emotion that you should kind of suppress. Or, Proper shit. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. <laughs> like to say any emotion we shouldn't have, like... You just, it's rubbish. But that being said, because I know there are the normal emotions that are universal in all humans, no matter what culture you're from. Yeah. And then there are toxic emotions, which is holding on to emotion too much. So yes. like, uh, I don't know, holding on to anger can turn into resentment or mm -hmm. to holding on to sadness can become depression. So Of course. Yeah, so depression and resentment and envy, I don't think these are something that we necessarily have to no, experience. No, but to say but that yeah. we... we shouldn't like feel wrong. an emotion yeah of course not no. because all that it's I like I talk about emotions in positive and negative because it's easy to understand but none of our emotions are really positive or negative it's kind of it's all feedback communication yeah. well not to get I know I just bagged the new age movement but I'm going to get a bit new agey now <laughs> <laughs> and, and quote Carl Jung how he said that emotions are the language of the soul yeah. right yeah yeah so it's like it's a guidance system so it's okay. like if I'm feeling sad, our normal reaction, especially as guys, is I shouldn't be feeling sad. And then Hard we'll, and then we'll get ang yeah. angry that we're sad. Now we're yeah. stuck in an angry and sad loop and we just go down. It's a vicious cycle. Instead yeah. of saying, oh, okay, I'm sad. What's this trying to tell me? Because it's that soul, you know, mm. trying to go, oi, you're a little bit off track here. Let's try and get back on track. Yeah, so it's like that guidance system. Mm. Yeah. And how, like, because it's a guidance system it's telling you that something's out of whack. But how do we get started when our whole fucking life is out of whack? Like diet, relationships, purpose, everything. And it's like, where do you start? And because yeah. it can be very discouraging when you do try to get better and you change your diet or you change your friend group or you do something, you quit your destructive, addictive behavior pattern, but yeah. then it just kind of comes back and then mm -hmm. you just go back into your same vicious cycle well you yeah you just can't quit like there's this yeah. i mean what's the alternative like oh this is too hard i'm gonna give up all right well, yeah go be depressed forever but <laughs> i always tell people you need to find the people who've done what you want to do so all you need is a sample size of one if you have an addiction you want to overcome an addiction find someone that overcame an addiction mm. if you have depression you want to overcome depression find someone that overcame depression you're in a, a dead-end job, you want to do something that you're passionate about, find someone who transitioned to doing something you're passionate about. Right, if you want to get yeah. if you want to get fit, don't go to the guy who's been fit his whole life. Go to the guy <laughs> who was fucking a fat piece of shit yeah, yeah. and then became fit. Yeah. It's like if you want to get financial advice, do you want to go to a guy who inherited millions of dollars? No. You want to go to the guy who was broke and yeah. made millions of dollars. 100%, so I'm like, yeah. find a sample size of one, find that one other bastard who's done what you want to do and then speak to them and find out how they went about doing it. 
Hmm. So it's like resonating with someone because you know, like you you listen to someone's story that's really inspirational and it will just like touch your heart in a way where it's like yeah. I know it gives you hope. You know, it gives that's you a roadmap. It. Hope, yeah. hope, and hope. Uh, people are like oh, hope, hope doesn't do anything. Well, maybe not in itself, but it opens the door. Yeah. So you can start taking Something. some action because yeah. the issue when you when you don't think something's possible, you get very uh, you have blinkers on. Right. Yeah, and you're like, oh, you know, and you're missing a lot of stuff. Yeah, as soon as you find that person and you, it resonates with you, like you said, you have hope, and now it's possible. Your blinkers come off, and you start to take in more information around the world. Right. You know, you might speak to someone you wouldn't have spoken to before. You start listening to a podcast you wouldn't have listened to before. You go to a talk you wouldn't have gone to before. Yeah. Mm. So it's, it's when you've got that mindset that I'm fucked, I'm fucked. It's not possible. It's it's really hard because yeah. people will come in and go, Hey, I met this dude. You should talk to them. And you your blinkers. You're like, Nah, nah, I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you meet those people all the time. It's like um, they like project their belief systems onto this is how the world is. And we think we're yeah. a special case, right? We <laughs> well, I thought this as well. I'm like, I know there's a lot of other addicts in the world, but I'm a special type of addict. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> but I'm not. Always, I've no, got my own no. story, which is individual. I'm going to address my own stuff, but there's other people who've beaten this bloody thing. Right. So it's so your personality-wise on the surface level, it's different, but on the core, we still have... We're all human. We all have these universal emotions. Like exactly, before, yeah, so. exactly. We all experience pain. We experience struggle, and we have different ways of of dealing with that. But it gets the more suppressed stuff, this emotional baggage that you have. Just everything becomes harder. That's why I'm yeah. like, you got to do the deep work. Because like, you go to yoga class. That's good. That's awesome. You can start just to meditate by yourself. That's awesome. You can start doing going to a float tank. That's awesome. It's like maintenance stuff. Yeah, I right. love that stuff. But if you've got the heavy stuff underneath that you're not you're addressing, avoiding. this is well, this is a thing called spiritual bypassing, where yeah, the yeah. ego loves using spiritual practices to just strengthen itself, and it just uses it as a form of escapism or, or mm-hmm. an identification, right? Yeah. Like mm, I do yoga, or I'm vegan, <laughs> or you know I do this, I do that. Yeah, and they kind of use these modalities to avoid the real work. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Sometimes. Yeah, and this happens a lot. And happened to me anyway. Yeah, of yeah. course. And I mean. That's why people can look meditation's quite a what quite trendy to do at the minute. But I mean if you've got a lot of suppressed stuff from the past, when you go to meditate and everything's quiet, it's not going to be a pleasant experience. It's not yeah? fun. There's yeah. a I, I read recently a uh, <coughs> Dr. Joe Dispenza's book, uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a yeah, fucking yeah. brilliant book. I love it, right? There's a chapter in there that I reckon everyone in the world should read, right? It's called The Gap. The Gap. And he talks about the gap and it's like your two hands you know and there's the gap of who you present to the world and the gap of who you really are okay. and a lot about life is trying to close that gap because the more that gap mm. is wider the more we're going to get addicted to who we show to the world and neglect who we really are right so we can go out to the world and you know i can do this podcast i can do a talk and everyone's like Fuck that was, you're awesome mate cool cool and that's who i'm presenting to the world and i can be like Fuck, I'm, I'm so good <laughs> then joe's like you want to find out who you really are Go home when no one else is around, sit in a quiet room by yourself and wait. Oof. And then as soon as you start... I just got chills even you saying that. And, and as soon as you start yeah. to feel something, that's who you really are. So if you sit by yourself and you've got fear come up or guilt come up, that's okay. that's what you're holding underneath and that's who you really are. So you've got this all this person you are on the surface, yet you've got this guilt and shame and all this other stuff underneath. You've got a gap there. And I think life's about trying to bridge that gap. Yeah, definitely. And that's when we can become addicted to the person we put out to the world because it, <laughs> it takes us yeah. away from that real self. Yeah, because like some, some of these emotions are like so heavy and yeah. ridiculously dark, especially when you're running away from them your whole life. It just Absolutely. accumulates. 
right, into a much, much scarier beast. Like, you know, like an emotion that I, uh, I guess my challenge these days would be like uh, despair. Like that, that's a fucking heavy one. That's a heavy yeah, one. and that, that's like a, a trigger. Like when I start to feel it, yeah. sometimes I'll, yeah, I'll do the whole thing, I'll sit with it, but then sometimes it's just so intense that I'll want to, you know, chuck on some stand-up comedy or smoke a joint or, you know, whatever. Yeah. 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 Like, so have you, how have you gotten better at working through that emotion? It's like, I wish I had this one answer, like it's yeah. this one thing, but it was, it was more the little things every day. Like I actually took my physical health like I put that as a priority even yeah. more than spirituality and philosophy because sometimes this can leave you ungrounded, which is what happened to me. I was just too much in the clouds, too much yeah. too much in existential mode, you yeah. know, thinking about the nature of reality and the yeah, impermanence. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's heavy, man. I was like stuck in limbo almost or the yeah. abyss. I don't know what it's called, but it's like I did whatever I can to just, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's just like from the bottom up, you know, yeah. like started grounding myself. Uh, spending time with good people. That one's really important, having a support oh, yeah. network. Because, yep. um, well, think about this. Like, isolation is so scary that even in a prison, they'll fu- they punish they punish you yeah. for putting you in a room by yourself, like away from all yeah, the, mur- the murderers. And the ra- that's yeah. the punishment. Yeah. Like, that's how much we don't like to be alone. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. DNA level stuff. That's yeah, like, yeah. If we if we were <laughs> in the hunter gatherer times in tribes, if we were alone, that's bad. That's like that spells death. Yeah. If you've been cast yeah. out by your tribe and you're alone, you, you're pretty much dead. Yeah. So that's why that's where that fear comes from. That's why know? we want to fit in and be normal, right? That of kind course. Of, um, we want to have that, that group around us, and to surround yourself with people that lift you up is just so so important. Yeah, that's definitely important. And I think yeah, it's interesting because there's. <laughs> how like there's the spiritual stuff i i now <laughs> believe that it's all spiritual that's you know, exactly well that was one of my biggest aha moments this is the yeah. divine reality guys like, yeah. this is it. <laughs> no seriously this yeah. is it and going to look after your body your meat sack is like very spiritual yeah <laughs> think about it like let's say that you do believe in like the spiritual realms and entities and all that kind of stuff yeah this reality is so fucking important that why are they all kind of going like why do they all want to come here exactly like you just even think about it that way if you if you believe in that kind yeah. of stuff yeah and that's when yeah you get it, caught in trying to then disown yeah, this reality and trying to live up in the clouds in right the and 43rd dimension and that's one of the biggest traps which i fell into and i've met so many people who go into this and they believe that you know they'll say oh this reality is an illusion right yeah where it kind of and it's like, yeah, like I get it because it's all in the mind, but then everything's in the mind mm-hmm. fundamentally. But when you go, like when you just sweep this reality under the rug, like it doesn't matter, then it kind of removes your responsibility from doing something yes. here, which is really important. Yeah. And you know, maybe this reality doesn't matter, but I think you should act as if it does anyway. Yeah, of you course. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, yeah, that can happen. It's the, the option's always there to go like, live in an ashram and live the simple life or go be a monk and just meditate every day for the rest of your life. That's an option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah or you can, an option, yeah. Or you can live in reality and do your best, yeah. you know. But if that's like, your authentic self, then that's all good. But I think a lot of people don't. Like I've heard some scary shit, like people, you know, they'll have a DMT trip, for example, they'll meet aliens, yeah. right? And they'll be like, oh, I want to go back. And then I've heard stories of those entities telling them, no, if you kill yourself, you can come here. Yeah, fucking hell right <laughs> yeah right it's fucking like dark shit yeah. man and, and they they'll they'll say like 
this reality is an illusion, but no, no, the aliens that I saw, no, that's real. Like, yeah. then what's the distinction? You know what I mean? Like, it's all real in yeah, a, well, to a certain the, the, extent. The, the, the distinction is that this human experience is involves suffering and pain. First noble truth. It, yeah, Life exactly. is suffering. Yeah. And I think that people get caught up in that there can be a world where there's no suffering and pain and let's just try and get through this thing yeah. and so we can go there afterwards. Yeah, instead of like understanding nirvana. that it's, yeah. yeah, understanding that it's part of it. I mean, this whole universe, even if you look at it on an individual level, you sort of tend to grow after you go through some sort of challenge. Yeah, yeah. so it's like yeah. it's like oh, I'm going great. Challenge, grow. Challenge, grow. Challenge, grow. And then we're constantly evolving as humans, as plants, as animals. The whole solar system. It's this constant challenge, growth, challenge, growth. And then people have an idea that I want to live in this universe where s- there's yeah. no challenge. Skip all the steps. Yeah, but if, yeah. <laughs> if there was no challenge, then the universe would stop. Yeah, it would. There'd be no more like evolution. Stagnant energy literally equals death. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's no such thing as stagnant energy. Correct. Like, it has to be moving. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, that's where people can get caught up, and it's interesting. Like when you start going down a spiritual path, I think I had this as well. You get a little bit excited. You when do. It, when, when yeah. It's a whole new. You hold it, like, it's very promising. Like, it's it's a, like, yeah. Oh my god! It's a whole new world of infinite love, and yeah. it's cool. It's amazing, right? But <laughs> you got to ground yourself or you find yourself going too much into the clouds and neglecting this amazing experience that we have here. Exactly. And, and I think, and I don't blame people from, you know, gravitating towards the more airy-fairy stuff because life is, it's a lot of dark shit here, it's man. Tough, man. It's fucking hard, man. It's but it's really, fucking beautiful it's at the same time. Exactly. And that's, that's the polarity of it. You can't have one without the other, which is, I think, why... Well, you tell me actually um, with drug addiction, why it can be so damaging is because the highs are so out of this fucking world, but the downfalls are like just as extreme, Mm. right? Yeah, I mean, addiction is tough. It can also be an absolute blessing. Yes, because you talk about you talk about the we talk about the challenge and the growth. Addiction will take you to your depths. depths. It'll humble you. It'll humble you. Yeah. Now, down in those depths, there's an opportunity to stay there or there's an opportunity to get springboarded to growth that you've never had before. Mm. And this is my, I'm so firm in this belief that people have this idea that when I go through an addiction, a tough mental illness, I just want to go back to normal um, or just coping because right now I'm really struggling. Right, so functionality versus optimization. No, 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 no. The reason why you're going through this is so you can go to an entirely different level that's much greater than where you were before. Because mm. when people say, I want to go back to who I was, I'm like, fuck that. Who you were led you to being a drug addict. Why do you want to go back to that? You're going through this for a reason. It's a heavy okay? realization, though. It's heavy, <laughs> yeah. and it's hard to get your head around when you're going through it. Yeah, but but yeah. I just believe that so strongly. And the addiction is someone's attempt to solve a problem. Okay. That's why there's such highs and lows. You know, like people will look at an addiction, and you can rationally and consciously look at it and tell everyone what's wrong with the addiction. We know what's wrong with the addiction. Yeah, like consciously we know. Like people yeah, we know to, drugs. That, people yeah. used to say to me, like, oh, yeah, don't you know what's in methamphetamine? Like, let me give you a list of ingredients. I'm like. I don't give a fuck. I'm still going to use it yeah. every single yeah. day, you know, right? Do you know what's in that hot dog you're eating? Scare yeah, tactics don't work, <laughs> No, they right? don't. Because no. you're not thinking like, oh, yeah, you're right. My health might take a hit in 20 years. Like, I'm trying to get through the next fucking one day, let alone 20 years. Right. Um, so people know what's wrong with their addiction. The better question is what's right about the addiction. There's something Gabor Mate talks about a lot. What's right He's with amazing, the addiction? He's amazing, by the way. He's, yeah. 
Check out the Tim Ferriss podcast with Gabor Mate. It's incredible. Incredible yeah. guy. Yeah, and yeah, even for a shorter one, just on YouTube, search Gabor Mate, what is addiction? Gabor it's Mate. Gabor or Gabor Mate. <laughs> Fucking Gabor Mate. <laughs> yeah, mate. That, that, that clip's three minutes and it just so, it sums up addiction just so perfectly. Um, so, you know, you could ask someone what's right with the addiction. What What is this solving here? What's it helping you escape from? Is it lessening your anxiety? Is it giving mm. you more confidence? Are you feeling more comfortable in your own skin for a while? Because now you can ask, why do we have this anxiety? Why are we not comfortable in yeah. our own skin? Like, you got to ask these deeper questions. Like, the addiction's a symptom. It's not the problem, yeah? Mm. It's like the branch of the yeah. tree. It's not the root. And this is where we run into a lot of troubles with treatment because we see addiction as the actual core of the problem and try and treat that but it's yeah. not the core of the problem. So if you address the real core of the problem, then the natural next step of that is the addiction and will start to stop. You know, that's why a lot of we, what we do here is we don't tell people they have to be clean to start coming in here. You don't have to be signed off and detoxed and that kind of stuff. Right. Let's address the actual underlying emotional baggage, the reasons why we're using in the first place and then the person will stop naturally. Mm. So, you can, so you wait, wait so, sorry to cut you off, but would you say that emotional trauma is the root of all yes. addiction yes. yeah okay yeah yeah there's a saying that not every person who's been traumatized becomes an addict but every single addict has in some way been traumatized Whoa. now we think of trauma when you say that and people be like oh i don't know about that because we think trauma sexual abuse physical abuse like it's funny i got a comment i'm um, saying like you know what uh videos you want me to talk about and i put trauma and someone says like oh i don't have any trauma can you do something else and it's like even that like we all have traumas it's yeah. just different degrees that's all different yeah. degrees and it's not just that thing that happened yeah it's also things that should have happened that didn't yeah so a trauma mm. can be maybe one of our parents either wasn't there physically or they weren't emotionally there when we were younger yeah because they were too stressed no one's fault but mm. they were too stressed so then these certain emotional patterns of ours start to develop at a very young age you know i could look back on my life and people beat themselves up because I, I would look back on my life and go i have no reason to be an addict i had loving parents a great brother this stable family like who am i to be a fucking addict you know i had nothing go wrong yeah little do i know you know i suffered severe anxiety when i was younger i had a lot of events in my life that you might look back on and go that's not trauma to that four-year-old to that seven-year-old it was trauma because it completely changed the way they interacted with the world from that day forward. And you hold on to that shit. 100%. Yeah. And trauma is not what happened to us. It's the result of what happened. And if I suppressed an emotion or an event was too painful for me and I had to fragment, that's a trauma. Okay, mm. That can be sexual abuse. That's because we could because I lost my mum at the shops for half an hour. Okay, that's how, like, so that's why True, I like yeah. to have a different perspective around trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the addict is always trying to escape from th themselves. Okay. So why would someone not want to be with themselves? Because being with themselves, I'm in too much pain. I'm in too much distress. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because we're holding on to all this stuff from our past. Yeah. So I'm I'm yet to meet the person who hasn't got some sort of emotional trauma who's in addiction. I'm yet to meet that person. I'm open to meeting them. I'm open <laughs> to it, but I, it hasn't happened as yet. Send us an email. And that's okay. what the science says. I mean, have you heard of the uh, the ACE study, the Adverse Childhood Experiences? No, I have not really interesting one to look up they did this study thousands and thousands of people they the adverse childhood experiences certain things that happen to us when we're younger when we're under the age of 18 when it okay. comes to our family life it's a questionnaire they were looking at it in regards of it actually started off with obese people so they had these obese people who put them through their study with these diets and they would lose all this weight. It was this special diet where they actually wouldn't eat any food, but they'd be given all these vitamins and everything. So they're mm. like, we guarantee you you'll lose the weight. And a lot of people would lose the weight only to put it straight back on 
and these doctors and <laughs> said they actually listened to the patient and said well why is this you know and it was always a deeper reason why someone had okay. put, made themselves obese a lot of it is to do with um, you know some sexual stuff when they were younger for women and they're trying to protect themselves by making themselves unattractive like all this deeper stuff right yeah so they would find they would ask these patients they'd find that there's always these certain things that happened in childhood these traumas so they put together this study which is 10 questions and it's things like below the age of 18 um, were any of your parents an alcoholic or, or drug addict um, has anyone in your family been in jail uh, were you physically hit at all by your family at home so there's 10 of them right so you, at the end you get a score from zero to ten mm. They then used this data and when they were call, uh, going through all the data, they would look at it versus the, resu the results in those people's life, okay? So okay. I haven't got the actual stats in front of me, but everything well, when it comes you to- you carry it around in your pocket? No, no, no I think I have it written over there somewhere. Oh, do you? Oh, okay. like, let me check. <laughs> oh, you actually do, nice. Got notes Bear with everything. us for a second. <laughs> Play some waiting music. Dun, dun, dun. When was this study done? Uh, they first did it, I'm going to say maybe eight to ten years ago. Um, then they okay. did it again with even a much larger group. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so you can look at the ACE scores go from zero to ten. So as your score goes up for these adverse childhood experiences, mm. Your rates of addiction, your rates of depression, your rates of heart disease, your rates of autoimmune disease, even the physical things, the mental things, everything, yeah. everything correlates with the higher ACE score that you have, right? So out of a zero to 10, if you have five or more compared to the person who has zero, your chance of alcoholism is 510% greater. That's Whoa. 51 times greater to be an alcoholic, right? To be an IV IV drug user, <coughs> your chances of being an IV drug user go up 920%. Okay, Your chances of having adult depression go up 500%. Your chances of attempting suicide go up 1680% by having a, an ACE score of five or more. Okay, So this stuff, it's, it's crazy. So like the more adverse childhood experiences someone have, the greater risk they are for all these mental, emotional and physical stuff when they grow older because this mm. stuff matters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no The stuff that happened sure. to us matters. We carry that around. So that's an interesting study for people to look up. Like it's really... And, really and cool. how would you... Like what would you recommend to people to overcome certain childhood traumas? Yeah, uh, find someone to work with. Yeah. yeah find, like, and it's got to be who you're comfortable with, who you resonate with. Yeah. Um, you can try and do this stuff on your own. Um, there's a saying I heard recently. It was like, when going back into your psyche and stuff from the past, it's kind of like a bad neighborhood. You want to bring someone with you to keep you safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good, that's a good one, yeah. Um, Who said that? Uh, I can't remember now. Ah, I can't remember. remember. <laughs> Whoever Sorry. said it would have yeah. got it from someone else anyway. So yeah, it's, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't attribute it to anyone. So um, it's finding someone to sort of hold your hand, someone who's going to be compassionate and there to, to hold your hand through the process because... It's all these younger versions of us, these inner children still live in us. And yeah. like I said earlier, they're the ones getting triggered, you know, like if I, yeah, let me think of an example, you know, if it's like people might have a fear of an elevator, right? Because yeah. they had the doors shut on them when they were five, you know, so there's a trauma there and they were holding their hand with their nan or something bad happened in yeah. an elevator. Now they're 35, when they go to an elevator, they get all this fear coming up. Hmm. It's not them having the fear at 35. It's the five-year-old who still lives in them who went through the trauma mm. that's coming up. You know how you get into an argument, right? Could happen with your partner and that kind of thing. And one of you is getting real, say I'm getting real emotional. Yeah. And then my partner's <laughs> like, God, you're acting, you stop acting like a child, right? 
No, I uh, am the child in that moment. Yeah, the truth is hidden in plain sight. <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> it is because <laughs> that's the, language, the child yeah. who's brought up. Yeah. You know? So, um, well, that blew my mind. Okay, yeah, mind I'm gonna mind. I'm gonna use that. Next <laughs> <time>. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this stuff that you know you, you hear and you go through, but. Yeah, I mean, that's why we get people coming here and some of them, they'll come in for an initial consult. They're like, oh, yeah, I've got a problem. And some of them will even say to me, like, I just like to get fucked up. I just mm. like to party. That's what I said. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't know the real reasons why. I'm just, I like, just like to get fucked up. The question is, why do I like to get fucked up? Mm. You know? Because it feels good, mate. What else? <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I use the example, like, I... I smoked weed when I was a teenager. I never really liked it for whatever reason. I was more of a stimulant guy. Yeah, I was the opposite. Opposite. Yeah. So I started taking, I took my first ecstasy tablet when I was on my 20th birthday. And then I like instantly thought this is the most fucking amazing thing in the entire universe. Right? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I want to do that much. every week from now on for the rest of my <laughs> life. Right. And if I didn't have a job, I probably would have done yeah, it more. I love because I empathize. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so <laughs> then I would have other people I'd go out with, friends, acquaintances, that kind of thing. They'd go out, have a good night out, have a couple of pills, be like, oh, that was fun. And then not think about it for a few months, and then maybe do it again. Mm. And I'd look at them and go, what? How are you not wanting to do this all the time? It's the mindset of an addict it's versus the ex- Well, it's the exact addict, same right? drug, right? The same yeah. substance. Yeah. So why did I have that reaction opposed to them? Because it was solving a greater problem for me, okay? Because mm. I was so uncomfortable with myself, it was helping me like get out of this pit to go to this place I'd never been before. Whereas my, mm. my the other friends in that, that might, it might have just made them, you know, Did loved it, up and pumped up for a while. Right. But their actual reality wasn't as painful, so it wasn't helping them escape That's something that right. was that painful. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that they weren't like craving that experience as much yeah. because their baseline was higher. And Sunday there's a quote by Louis C.K. and he goes, drugs are so good, they'll ruin your life. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. A lot of truth in that one. And so I'd be like... Man, I feel so I feel so connected to everyone. I just want to talk to everyone. I want to tell my friends how I actually feel, without ever asking myself, why don't I normally feel connected to other people? Why mm. don't I normally feel like I can go and talk to someone? Why do I feel like I can't tell my actual friends how I really feel about them? But we don't ask ourselves that deeper question because we're just in the process of getting fucked yeah, it's up. It's weird that, huh? Like you, you be partying, everyone would just get fucked up on drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, and everyone would just be all overly friendly and t- you know opening their feelings and stuff like that. And then the next morning when you're all hungover, it's just yeah, kind of very very surface level and all that shit that you had these revelations of just the night before. It's like Man. the the amount yeah. of times that it come to a you know, a Monday after a big weekend, and I'm like, oh, I've just I've made the best friend in the whole world. We're gonna catch up every week from now on. Never heard from the cunt again. <laughs> and I never contacted yeah, them. You always get the number. Oh, man, we should totally hang out more. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah. Dude. At one point, I'd yeah. go through my phone and go, who the fuck <laughs> are these people? I don't know their name. Or <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, man. Yeah. Like, so, so tell me. Sorry. You know, no, no, go go for it. I was just going back to the, the despair piece because like, this has always interests me because I still have these periods as well. Of, I'm an um, open book, man. So if you can help me work through this. It'll be yeah, great. no, no. I just... How often are they coming up and kind of how how long are they lasting for? Uh, well, these days, it's not that much. That's why I'm in a much, much better place. Like, I'm in, I'm in a better place now than I have been in my whole life. Mm-hmm. But that being said, when I do have... Uh, I know my capacity to feel pain is also much deeper, though. So when they do come, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So with the whole despair thing, so I had a, you know, people at home... Have probably heard this a million times so i'm not going to get into it here yeah. but i just let's say i had a very horrific trip and had an experience of the absolute which my ego wasn't yep. prepared for all the darkness the collective suffering of humanity and then ever since then 
for months afterwards, I'd get these existential waves every day of uh, existential despair, grief. That was a big one. Uh, the hopelessness, aloneness. Like this is this is fucked. I'm, I'm in an infinite loop. I felt like I was. This is like a satanic matrix, mm -hmm. pretty much. And life is just a, a joke. Like it was really fucking dark shit. And I know it, the the thing is like. I used my mind to rationalize, like, no, you're just being silly and blah, blah, blah. But the emotion was so fucking yeah. strong because my ego completely got fractured. It, yeah. it was too much. And the emotion overrides those thoughts. Yeah, stronger. and to quote uh, Carl Jung again, and I've said this a couple of times, but he said, beware of unearned wisdom. And mm. that's the, yep, the yep. dangers of uh, having heavy psychedelic trips yep. without building the foundation first, yeah. right? It's like a, a anorexic skinny dude lifting 200 kilos versus Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. You know, it's the same weight, but someone's kind of someone's worked for up it. for it, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, uh, yeah, so I had those waves and I had, you know, therapy was very important which is that's like so fucking important. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so maybe a few months, it was just like horrific and I started smoking weed every day. And even to this day, I st I'm still smoking weed because uh, that's my emotional trigger. It's the despair and hopelessness. Mm -hmm. So it won't be a lot, like I don't get it a lot now, but it's still like maybe uh, in a span of a week, I might get like two, three short, Waves. Okay, yeah, yeah. Waves. yeah. So it's like it's, it's nowhere less, near as intense. No less way. frequent, less oh, duration. Way yeah. less. Yeah, before it was like a few days, a few times a day. Yeah, gotcha. Right, okay. and whenever I was in a normal state, that's when I'd be like, all right, better take advantage, pump out videos, do work, or do something because I couldn't. I just it was gotcha. too debilitating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I've had like mine's kind of a depression kind of thing. You know, I've sort what of kind, what kind of a depression. Like, yeah, just that deep what's the point kind of thing. Right. Know? And, yeah, it's been a process of doing the work around that. But, yeah, it's the same kind of thing. It's gotten less frequent and less duration. So I would obviously – I could not have it for months, but then I'd have it for a week. That's pretty uh, – okay. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then that week you'd be fucked up, you know, just really bad. You yeah. Know? And, but now it's like less and now, but I'm down to I can sort of get rid of it in about a day and a half. What do um, you do to get rid of it? One, well, once again, it's going and trying to find out where it's coming from. Right. So I'll try and find out that out. One of the big things as well for me is uh, not judging myself for being that way. Yeah. Yeah. So course. whenever, because what I, I had this thing where I got to keep going and keep moving and all that kind of jazz. Yeah. So whenever I'd get in that state, I'd kind of fight it. Yeah. And like I shouldn't be feeling this way. Right. And unfortunately, that just prolongs it. That's why it would last a week because mm. I kept trying to like, no, nah, I'm fine. I'm pull myself out of it. Stop being a bitch. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> And not loving myself in that place, yeah. Because I found that's one of the hardest things to do is love myself when I'm struggling. Love, yeah. It's yeah. like, uh, or accept yourself, yeah. Right. So people There's get that funny. new age stuff. People get about. funny when I'm like, I love myself, but I, I do love myself. But if, yeah, if you important. don't like the word love, just say I completely accept myself. Right. And we accept ourselves when yeah, we're yeah. we're up and about, we're happy, we're with our friends, we're talking. And then when those moments come where we're feeling really down and depressed, or we have that despair, or we're lonely, yeah, we don't accept ourselves there. No, we don't. Yeah. So that process of saying, picture. I'm feeling this right now but I still fucking love myself. And I, I need that self-love or that self-acceptance now more than ever. Because mm. it's easy to love ourselves when we're happy and put on that positive yeah, face, but we're neglecting that shadow side. Yeah, so I found that to be one of the big things to really lessen the duration you, of those periods. You find that grounding yourself helps, like really getting into your body? Because I find like with the, like the existential stuff, it's really like you're too out there. Yeah, 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 yeah true. I, I'm generally trying to keep myself pretty in my body, yeah. to be honest, like normally. 
but I definitely will, will keep that up in those periods as well. Like I'm someone I need to move my body every day. I need to stretch. I need to lift weights. And yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty grounded to the to the to the earth realm. Yeah, it's a good, <laughs> good realm, man. It's sick. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like the best video game you'll ever play in your life. Absolutely, right? it's better than HD. Yeah. The graphics are fucking amazing. The graphics are good. Yeah, the yeah. graphics are good. Unless you go blind or something and they just yeah, shut down. Yeah. That's a different challenge, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But then you overcompensate with other senses, so yeah. it's always balancing out. Yeah. That's interesting. When I've done um I've done juice fast before. So I'll go like a week or so without eating and just having juice. Okay. Like I try and do it once a year because it's good to get the clear the digestive All juice. system out. Yeah, just mainly vegetable juices. So I don't, okay, I don't okay. too not much fructose with right, the with right. the juices. So um, last time I got a mate who runs an organic juice company, so I just got him to deliver them. Really? Um, yeah, like a week's worth. Oh, man, but, um, that's awesome. It's so interesting, even just doing that and not eating for a week, your other senses, especially the smell, fucking insane. Yeah. I could smell a steak from a mile off oh. when I'm on a juice fast. And how, how's like your emotional state when you go through like these long fasts? Like, do you, are you more sensitive to life? Like yeah. I would imagine it's yeah. somewhat like that. I haven't had that. Yet I know people that have had that, right? Because yeah? it's like, or because we use food as a big distraction. Yeah. yeah so as yeah, soon as yeah. I start to feel emotional, I'll go eat. Okay. You know, I'm gonna go go out for dinner. I'm gonna have my ice cream, or even if it's healthy food, because that food is a kind of distraction. Then Definitely. when you're just having the juices, and especially on the weekend and you're not working, it's like maybe I'll go out for. Oh no, I can't. I'll go and think. Oh no, I can't. Right. <laughs> this is like, like you. Yeah, you give your body the chance to detox. Yeah, so. yeah. I've just got to sit with it and. It's funny, actually, you mentioned that. One of the last periods of that, uh, of the depression I had, which lasted for a week, and maybe this is what was a real thing that helped me, I decided that it started, I'm like, fuck, I hope this might go for three days, it might go for seven days. I'm not going to use a coping mechanism at all, right? Just feel it. I'm just going to feel it. And it was fucked, right? And I was like, I made this decision. I wanted to so much. I wanted to, like, on the friday night just have a couple of beers just something like couple, something you know, just yeah, something yeah. and i'm like even like go, i'm like i'm gonna go out catch up with my friends i'm like no i'm just gonna fucking sit with this yeah and i'm like and i just and i did it and it was brutal but that being said i've just had an awareness now that it hasn't been as long since then when i've had these periods interesting it's funny because i i had the same kind of deal like during you know after that bad trip i went to southeast asia for two months yeah. went to thailand and i went like complete break i'm like no alcohol no weed like no drugs like yeah. not even oh i guess coffee every once in a while but it's a different come on magnitude yeah i know let's not be silly here yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's like because i used to say like but all you know everything's a drug and it's like i, I get it but you you know yeah. you gotta draw a line somewhere otherwise you can group vitamin c and heroin in the same Correct. Fucking, Correct. <laughs> in the same bag yeah. it's a little bit different there. <laughs> um yeah i went to thailand i remember just the I had to just feel it. I knew I had to just face myself. And e- no matter what I did, it was just like so depressed. I remember getting a massage and I'm like, life is pointless. Life is pain. <laughs> it's like, I'm like in Thailand. Yeah. Have, like I should be like over the moon happy, but I'm just like super, super depressed. But it definitely did help because I did um, I did a couple of days of uh, silent meditation retreat and okay. getting into Buddhism. I had like Muay Thai training. Yeah, nice. uh, rode the motorbike around mountains. Visited caves, like yeah. all by myself as well. Like for a, for well, a full that's, month. That's a big thing as well by yourself. By myself, yeah. yeah. Like it was obviously it would have been way f- more fun with a friend, but sometimes you just need to sit with it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's it sucks. Mo- and it's, it's the most painful it. thing. Yeah. And, and every like 
half an hour, you might have hop and hop and do that, do that, yeah. grab a drink, do like that, I wanted have weed, a smoke. I wanted weed so bad, so bad. Yeah. I think the thing was like, oh, but I don't know, you can kind of get put in prison here for that. <laughs> yeah, it was enough of a deterrent yeah. there. I don't think my face will, <laughs> will go too well over there. Um, but yeah, man, actually I want to ask you with the clients that you get over here, what, yeah. well, one, what has been like a, a consistent pattern that you've noticed in terms of the root or maybe a specific emotion that people feel and what is the most addictive drug that you've experienced with you know i mean like with people coming in like yeah. is it usually like ice addicts or just everything we when it comes to our addiction clients it's probably the main drug is ice mm -hmm. and people will say like well it's the most destructive drug i'm like no that's what's most available at the minute right okay People will find what's available <coughs> to solve this emotional pain problem. You know, in the 90s, it was heroin. Everyone's like, yeah, heroin's, <laughs> you know, the, the, that epidemic. Because that was the most available at the time. Okay. Yeah. So it's like people think that if we all of a sudden clicked our fingers and or every bit of ice disappeared from <laughs> our streets, the whole country, it's all but gone. Prescription medication, then, they kill then, more than exactly. illegal drugs. People yeah. think that if we got rid of that drug, then everyone who was using the drugs is going to go and live a rosy, happy life. <laughs> Not the case. No. They'll find something else to yeah. try and numb that emotional pain and try and help that situation. Yeah. When it comes to patterns, the biggest, when it comes to emotional stuff, pretty much everyone that walks through our door, whether it's an addiction or mental illness, whether it's what they're presenting for specifically or just it's underneath, anxieties everywhere. Anxiety, yeah. Everybody has anxiety that's coming to these doors to a certain degree. So that's been sort of the, the, the one common thing. Mm. Um, apart from that, people's uh, guilt and shame from their past. Guilt and shame. Guilt and, and, shame. and shame is like the lowest uh, emotion. Like yeah, when it comes the to the, the, the it's the heaviest. Yeah, it's the, the, he the heaviest, lowest vibrational, heaviest emotion. Right. You got shame and then guilt. So according to and, Dr. And, David Hawkins. Yeah, yeah, and they've got people like, what's the difference between shame and guilt? Well, guilt says what I did in the past was bad. Shame says. I'm a bad person because oh, of what I've done in the no, past. Yeah. yeah, so that shame's like, because of what I've done in my life, I'm a bad person and um, it's heavy, yeah. And people, and I felt have, that. Pe people yeah. have that guilt and shame in abundance that we have through these doors. Mm. And, you know, it's it's funny because people will, especially with the addict, people look at the addict and go, oh, they're so selfish, they don't give a fuck, look at them, they're doing this, they're stealing. And we have this perception that they don't care. But I promise you, every single one that's come through these doors has is riddled with guilt and shame. And if they come off as not caring or selfish, it's simply because it's so painful for them that they've put up right. these walls, so, so they, they don't have to feel it. Yeah, and I think that like the social stigma makes it so much yep. worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. it's funny how like you, you get empathy. Like if you're an alcoholic, even the wording, like the language is everything. It controls our perception. Yeah. Even the word alcoholic, but then if you do another drug, you're a junkie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it funny? Yeah. yeah, and that's when it comes back to the most... I can't say what drugs are most addictive, right? Like, addiction's funny, man, person, because right? addiction can be ice, heroin, alcohol, can be gambling, can be shopping, can be sex, can be video games, can, can be, be meditation. porn, can be meditation, can be food, <laughs> can be work. Yeah. You know, it takes... There's so many different vices out there that people use and we, and we mix them up a lot as well. We tend to think of something as an addict or not, has depression or not. Mm. There's anxiety or not, but we're all on this spectrum. Like, we're somewhere along that spectrum. Of course. And we've all got our little coping mechanisms. Okay. Now, are they destructive to our life or not? And if they are, then you probably want to address them. Mm. But alcohol is the most destructive drug in our society. Like yeah, the stats yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to harm to self, harm to others, alcohol is clearly the most harmful drug. Yeah. Um, it doesn't get 
the same kind of press as things like ice do because that's the hot topic at the minute and people right. will watch the news or watch something on buddy today tonight and they'll be like my, my son's tried ice and now he's going to stab three people and rob a bank right because that's what they think and so yeah. we have parents calling all the time freaking out yeah. oh, hang on, let's calm down actually look at this situation rationally and try and work out what's really going on here right because the thing is the majority of people who use a drug are fine Mm. They don't develop a dependence or addiction. No. It's like 85% don't. Yeah. It's true. So yeah. 15%, it's between 10 and 20%. So it's roughly about 15 yeah. of people who, with any type of drug, will develop a dependence or addiction. Okay. <coughs> and you might think, well, it's different with marijuana, with ice. It's not. The numbers are the same. Mm. Yeah. So people need to know that. 85% of people who try ice or heroin won't develop a dependence right. or addiction. Actually, it's different for everyone. Like one person can be more addictive to a substance that isn't quote-unquote harmful yeah. and they'd be fine with one that's supposed to be like the most addictive thing ever and I'm a testament to that yeah. I've tried pretty much all drugs except for like <laughs> heroin I suppose yeah. um, and I can say without a doubt marijuana has been the most destructive drug in my life Yeah, and this will piss a lot of oversensitive stoners but it's like this, no but I'm not saying that the weed is destructive I'm saying my unique chemistry with weed yeah. was just ugh and that's yeah, and that's just so. And I did at a young age as well. Yeah. Like I started smoking. And, and you explained that so. perfectly. And like, because obviously, uh, to society, weed's fine. America approving that they've legalized weed. Right. There's so well, much. I don't know. There was a thing here. They said that weed is a gateway drug to ice or something I, like that. I read that the other day, <laughs> and I was about to cut the bloody clipping out of the newspaper <laughs> at the cafe and do a video on it. <laughs> Me too. I was going to do the next video. Christ well, sake. But at the same time, it is an issue for this small selection of people. It is. I did a video it sort is. of saying this recently, and I had a bunch of comments. From these bloody stoners who are like, oh, you can't actually put weed into drug of dependence because it's not. It's so fucking stupid to say that. So come and tell that to the people that we have to treat who it's ruined their lives because mm -hmm. they can't stop doing it. It's like it's a stupid thing to say. They just haven't seen it. No, no, they haven't seen it. And they want to justify their own use. Yeah. Um, which may be fine. I'm, I'm not there and to judge this them. Is, this is something that I, I, I like to push buttons with. It's because I'm I, I I was one for so long, so well, like, I know a, I know the psychological mechanisms that go behind. You're in the perfect with, position yeah. to, to know that. But I do it with love, like I make fun of just to make you aware. It all yeah. comes from love. It all comes from love, yeah. But um, and a bit of fun for myself. So the, <laughs> so we have this idea of society, and it's shifting that that it's the actual drug. Well, I'm it's it's ice is a problem. That's the drug. It's right. Like, hang on. No, no, no. Right. What makes the fifteen percent susceptible to addiction? Yeah, that's the better question. Yes, of course, because it's like some people are just more prone to having those addictive tendencies. Yeah. And we don't, the, the news don't report on the 85% of people who are using heroin or using ice who are living a normal life and are living no, in society. Of course not, no way. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and new drugs are people, being made every day as well. All the synthetic rubbish, yeah, man. Like and, and we don't know like the, the research behind it because with every drug, like, they're, you know, I'm making a video about it right now, actually, but with every drug, there's always a price for it. Like, you know, like Tim Ferriss says, there's no such thing as a biological free oh. lunch. And you have people on two sides of the spectrum. One's that's like super again, like, you know, drugs are evil and want the war on drugs to continue. Then you've got the people on the other side of the spectrum, which think that their drug of choice uh, somehow can escape all the negative side effects and is only mm. positive, you know? It happens with anything. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a skewed perception, you know. But yeah, yeah along, like whilst we just said that you can obviously run into issues with marijuana, that being said, 
when it has been legalized, it's actually not. Most people that, don't. Most people yeah. don't, right? And this, yeah, this doesn't mean that I want weed to be illegal. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I want, of course I want it to be illegal. Because that comes into the synthetic stuff again. Because it has been pushed down, now you have this synthetic marijuana shit. Oh, man. They I, finally I, banned it, I think, like over a year ago now. Yeah, the issue is I've that... Seen, I've seen dark shit from that. Yeah, well, I know. Like people, I, like, I, pe- I personally mean people know four it. people last year who ended up in comas from it. It's it's yeah. I've known people gone like uh, homeless and started stealing from their family just to. It's like just, it's it's horrendous and like I'm not sure where the the banning of it is now. But the problem was because it was this synthetic stuff and it was sold at sex shops and whatnot. Right. That you can they'll it's like what they used to do with ingredients in pre workouts for gyms. Yeah. Is yeah. that they would make one of these ingredients they would ban it. Okay. Right. It takes a three month process to ban it. Meanwhile, the the labs have. 20 or 30 different derivatives of that which cause similar effects and they just sell that then it takes another three months to get that banned next yeah. one and so they just keep going to except the next with thing, those next we thing. have no idea what no the, idea and that's why someone would smoke this, this one that got banned and then a new strain comes in and they use that and it just goes crazy end up in a coma <laughs> it may have side effects I was actually th- I heard it somewhere before and I was just thinking like even the whole notion of a side effect is ridiculous it doesn't exist those are just part of the effects yes I heard <laughs> that recently as well yeah, it's like you should just not now when it comes to medications and that stop saying side effect, just effects. Yeah. So like an antidepressant instead y- of a side effect, <laughs> an effect is excessive sweating, put on weight, possible suicidal yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Stop saying side you, effect. You can't have gain without loss, and it, they some people think that oh no, but this drug can escape this law of polarity. It's like no, there's always no. going to be something. It's just, it's more. You got to ask yourself: Are the negatives going to be worth the short-term positive? And so, for sometimes it is. Like it drugs is, yeah. can be a saving grace. Yeah. Sometimes, and it can even treat drug addiction, which I know to the average person sounds ridiculous, mm-hmm. but it can. And that's in, yeah, in like the right said, setting. You, you got to weigh that stuff up. Yeah. Just but as long as you're being honest with yourself and really seeing both the good and the bad. And if you can't see the bad, you're skewed. And if you yeah. and if you can't see the good, you're also skewed. Which is yeah. hard. It's hard to yeah. be honest with yourself. Yeah. Uh, if you're in, that's that's the kind of thing you can be honest with yourself, but then. If you do have a problem, you're probably not going to be honest with yourself. No. I could justify anything to myself back in the day. Like I used to, before I became a, um everyday user, I was starting to go off the rails a bit and I was using like every weekend. So it'd be like fucking four or five day benders, recover for three <coughs> or four days, another bender. And each time I'd be like, no more, like last time. And then I'd be going to catch up for some drinks like on a Friday night. And just when I'm about to leave, I'm like, I'll just get a point. I'm, I'm just going to get one point. It's going to cost me 50 bucks. I'm going to get my point. I'm just going to make me excited for the night. I'm going to have a few drinks. It's, like, yeah, good on you, it's going to be yeah. fun. <laughs> Even though every single time before that, one point would turn into about $2,000 worth of drugs in six days a week. Oh. And I would just do it every time. Wow. <laughs> but I would always be able to justify that it would be just this one time, point. This time is different. I'm mature now. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's hard, man. Like, because some people don't have that self-control and this is something that i've had to get over like let's say alcohol for example you know as soon as i started drinking alcohol was always to get fucked up like there was no have one or two or get tipsy it's like either you know go hard or go home you know you get fucked up or don't waste your time kind of thing and i couldn't even understand people who could just have one beer or one glass of wine and just stop Mm. you know but now it's like i couldn't even I haven't been drunk in years now, mm-hmm. literally, and I couldn't even imagine doing so. Yeah, like so I can, I can have like a red, you know, a glass of red wine, enjoy be it. fine with it. Yeah, it's the intention around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's what I like. I find one of the one of the biggest wins that we have here that I love <laughs> is when someone comes in and their issue is uh, alcoholism, or they've got an alcohol problem, 
uh, instead of because a lot of people AA and that works for some people but that whole abstinent thing people are resistant to a lot because if you tell the brain like you're never going to do this thing ever again your brain's like fuck you so well, it's happened with the garden of Eden and don't eat that apple yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. one of our greatest wins yeah. when you can clear up a lot of this stuff <clears throat> from the past and the reasons why we drink then the intention starts to change now so instead of me I'm drinking to escape from me I need to obliterate myself now I can have one or two glasses of wine when I'm out for dinner with my friends mm. and I don't feel the need to, to drink anymore so it's a completely different energy behind it. So that's one of the greatest yeah. wins. When we can take an alcoholic from that to that, that's amazing to me. So would you recommend people go and cold turkey or like cutting down their, you know, Everyone's their substance? Different. Yeah? Everyone's different for that. Like cold turkey. Because then the work. relapse can be more intense, can be for some people. Like mm -hmm. if you just go cold turkey from, you know, whatever drug you're into. Yeah. It depends, depends the drug <coughs> as well. You know, okay. it depends, like, it's like alcohol, that's why when it comes to actual detoxing, alcohol is the most dangerous drug to detox off. It's the only drug you can actually die from. You can have seizures if you're a full-blown alcoholic. So if someone's an alcoholic yeah. and they want to stop, they need to just get I've some medical that, yeah. supervision. Isn't that what a hangover is? It's like a with alcohol withdrawal? Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. It's an acute, acute withdrawal. Um, <laughs> when it comes to other stuff, I mean, heroin can be rough, a lot of body aches and, and flu-like symptoms, but you're not going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, it's right, what, whatever the effect of flu. the drug is, it's kind of the opposite, the withdrawal. So heroin obviously masks pain, makes you constipated, makes you relaxed. So when you stop, oh, you're going to have a lot of aches and pains in your body. You're going to be shitting diarrhea oh, and you're going to be really anxious. <laughs> yeah. So ice, central nervous system stimulant. I'm fucking awake. I'm alert. All of a sudden, I'm going to sleep for three or four days. I'm going to be super depressed oh, in those yeah. three or four days as think well. Think of MDMA. It's like the greatest high ever yeah. that I've experienced on a drug yeah. anyway. Uh, then when you calm down, the calm down it's, it's, yeah. it's rough. Yeah, it's always, it's, it's always Actually, the Actually, ice was the worst calm down, if I'm it's, being fair. But it's yeah. the, that's the worst I've had. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not fun at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that, that dopamine release, you know, like so dopamine is our reward neurochemical and neurotransmitter yeah. so ice, ice releases <laughs> um you know 10 times more than the next drug which is cocaine um, so because you're taking in so much external dopamine yeah. like with anything your brain like if someone is a bodybuilder and takes testosterone their nuts stop producing testosterone because they're getting it externally the nuts are like i don't need to produce right. it so same with dopamine your brain's like i don't need to produce dopamine because i'm getting so fucking much yeah. of it so then when we stop, our brain is just so low in dopamine. That's why we have no motivation yeah, to do anything. We won't get out of bed. Right? Yeah. 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 But then people worry in that time. But I'm like, don't worry. Because after four or five days, or even less than that, that's when you start to feel better. But okay. your brain goes, oh, I'm not getting all this massive hits of external dopamine. I need to start producing it again. And the brain will start producing it again. Okay. And we'll start to feel better. That's why those that week after an addict stops using ice, they'll just feel terribly depressed. Because there's no <sighs> dopamine in that brain. Yeah, but it's good for people to know that it won't last. What, what would you recommend for someone who, uh, just to kind of get through the withdrawal phase? Yeah, you got to have support there. So someone who can maybe just come and check on you and that kind of thing. Lots right. of comfort food. Yeah, yeah. anything yeah. that will help maybe try and help your brain produce a bit of yeah, yeah, dopamine yeah, yeah. and comfort food will. I remember I had... Um, my mum would bring around like big trays of lasagna uh, and tuna mornay, which yeah, was like my yeah. favourite things when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, because I was on eyes and I hadn't eaten much kind of yeah. before. And she'd like come around the next day to check on me and I'm like, can you make more of that lasagna? <laughs> I brought around a fucking tray of the stuff. That's I'm like, awesome. I'm eating. Yeah. Um, and apart from that, lots of water, like just try and Netflix, watch something. Right. You're just going to feel 
tired and then sometimes when you're not sleeping you'll feel tired but you won't want to do anything you'll just feel depressed mm. so but knowing that you'll be fine the brain will start producing dopamine again it's good because we get stuck in this phase of i'm going to feel like this forever right when yeah it's, yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah, not it's not Every, the case. everything passes our body yeah. is so fucking resilient like <sighs> yeah the human body's one thing I've learned is how bloody resilient this thing is. Yeah. We, can, we can beat the shit out of it and it will generally uh, yeah, come Yeah, dude. Back. You just look at history and the kind of shit that humans have gone through. Yeah. Right? It's a and resilient, they just come out stronger. It's a resilient machine. It's like um, Dragon Ball Z. Every time someone gets defeated, they actually yeah. come out stronger. So I just went yeah. Super Saiyan after Yeah, exactly. I, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you need some shit yeah. to happen and it's like... I probably watched that when I was in my in my final, you know, detox and that kind of thing. Just yeah, something, so something that I love, you and, know. Like. And that's when you got to like honor the stage that you're at. Yeah. You know, you can't go from like, you know, drug addict, shit diet, horrible health to like super pure, spiritual, vegan, well, whatever it is. Like mm-hmm. you need to go through like these steps. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... It can be hard for to tell everyone to change up every single thing in their life. Yeah, I mean it's it's too much. It's just got to look at what's the main issue at the minute. Because we have a lot of people as well who, um, a lot of people who are using drugs smoke cigarettes as well. Yeah, and it's like cool. We'll tackle the cigarettes. This is your main problem at the minute. Yeah, because the cigarettes aren't isn't isn't going to be as bad as fucking bias. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Actually, something that uh, do you follow Jordan Peterson? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he said, you know, just clean your room. It's like so simple and like all right, mate. Yeah, fucking so (laughs) stupid, but. Just that one little thing of like starting your day and making your bed or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's I, like the little things that we overlook because we want to do the grandiose acts exactly. of transformation, which isn't sustainable. Yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, he talks about that responsibility piece and picking up a load and carrying it. Mm. And that mm. load doesn't have to be the whole world at the start, but pick up some sort of load and take some sort of responsibility mm. because every time you do that, you're going to build some self-esteem and some confidence. Because yeah. another thing with addiction is we don't want to run away from any responsibility that we have. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, that, that's an important message. and Finding that meaning and purpose. Yeah, like, and that... <laughs> That meaning and purpose can be, you know, my meaning and purpose just after I got clean the last time was, you know, I'm going to start, I'm going to walk my dog again each morning down the shops and get some fresh yeah, fruit, like, fresh you know, air, start small, yeah, some sun and that kind of thing. I'm going to go visit my family. Another thing, sunlight, you know, we give we give kids like antidepressants before we like go step outside for 20 minutes, let the yeah. sun hit you, like, you know, even do it naked if you can, yeah. it's even better. Yeah, well, enough the amazing. neighbors would be too happy but. <laughs> Fuck them, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's I've I've found that to be beneficial. The sort of I walk my dog every morning just as that sun's coming up and you feel that sunlight and it just it feels fantastic. Yeah, man. I love walking my dog. That's something that really helped. Because like dogs, I think there was a study where they said that dogs like owning a dog will add ten years to your life. I think, or like yeah, something yeah, I like that. that. And I'm like, yeah, I totally believe that. It wasn't even like what? It was like, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, well one thing and my disco my dog, he was with me through the whole thing, you know, like he Man, I, uh, I, I took him he's out. Seen some shit. He lived in the the drug house with me. We used to do deals. I'd walk him in the bloody streets in the middle of the night, and we he, he saw the whole lot. And um, yeah, he's just yeah, my little my little companion. Not he's a fucking rock wheeler. He's big, but um, <laughs> he's like uh, they're amazing. How much they can pick up on your stuff. Dogs. Yeah. Like when I went through the the marriage breakup early, you know, he's normally he'd come up and he's boisterous, wanting to play. And for a few weeks, he'd just come up and put his head on my leg and just no, look at me yeah. and like. And I'm trying to bloody neglect my negative yeah. emotions. And he's like, come, come on, off. dad. Yeah. <laughs> you got to address this stuff. Yeah. But no. yeah, he, it's funny. Like, he makes me laugh 
at least once a day, normally more. And then I'm like, <laughs> you can't put a price on that. And that's probably where the extra years of life come from, yeah? yeah Being able yeah. to make someone smile well, every day. Because their frequency is like, if you're a good owner any, anyway, they're like just always happy or, you know. And just always present. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. They when you get caught up in shit. the past or future, I just watch him for 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck yeah. about the He's future awesome. or past. He's like, what's happening now? What, what are we doing? <laughs> Look at this stick I found. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it great? <laughs> it's like just simple things like that. Then you're like, yeah, it is actually great, yeah. but I wasn't paying attention to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're great. They're spiritual teachers, definitely. They are, man. Um, I guess we'll just leave it at that, man. I think it would really good talk. Appreciate you coming Bro, on. Pleasure as always. Like what have we done? Deep shit. Hour and a bit. Yeah. Um, 20. Uh, do you want to let people know at home where to reach you, connect you, talk about? Uh, yeah, absolutely. The so the melbournecentreofhealing.com.au is the website. That's probably the best place to get in contact. You can shoot me an email yeah. through there or free Mel- consultation. Melbourne, free consult. Melbourne Centre of Healing on Facebook, Instagram, all that, YouTube. Um, we're most active probably on Facebook. Well, I've got a shitload of videos on YouTube. No one really watches them, but I keep putting them <laughs> out there. Um, so a lot of content on there. And I can yeah. share a few tips. Yeah, yeah well, if, anyone wants to, if anyone has any questions or anything, <laughs> just comment on the video. I'm happy to like interact with people and yeah, because you, you had a couple people reach out to you after our first like yeah. unofficial podcast. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I love that people like reaching out and even they can be reaching out for the first time. And that's what I'm like. Fucking hell, that's so good. Like it takes pe- courage, pe- man. That's yeah. what people come through these doors and they've got that physiology of guilt and shame because they're coming in for a mental illness or addiction. I'm like. Dude, I respect you so fucking much because I know how much yeah. guts it takes to be able to come through these doors and even be open to getting help because that's that's the, that's the hardest. Yeah, thing. and you see, he's like, man, just love yourself, man. It's all right. Like, you're fucking, <laughs> you're a human. We're all, we're all fucked up, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like to say, like we're we're all divine pieces of shit. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. we're yeah, we're imperfect dual- strugglers on a journey. You know, we're all just trying to work it out. Part of the duality. Yeah. All right, guys, peace out. Peace.